I'm Dr. Vanessa Sinclair, and this is Rendering Unconscious. My guest today is Dr. Juan Jose Rios, a registered hypnotherapist and psychoanalyst at the Austrian Ministry of Health. He is a lecturer and training analyst at Sigmund Freud University and was the consultant for Freud on Netflix. And he's written a book on psychoanalytic hypnotherapy. Links to everything can be found in the text accompanying this episode. Rendering Unconscious is also a book. Rendering Unconscious, Psychoanalytic Perspectives, Politics, and Poetry. Available from Trapart Books, 2019. Now also available on iBook and Kindle. Please visit our publisher's website, www.trapart.net. You can support the podcast by visiting our Patreon, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash v-a-n-e-s-s-a two three c-a-r-l. Your support is greatly appreciated. I am originally from Peru, okay? And I am living in Austria 30 years. And when I began in Austria to study, um, I was, I began with hypnosis therapy. And in this way, I, I studied psychotherapy science. And in this, in, at the university, I decided to study psychoanalysis. And actually, I am training analyst here in Vienna. And I work in my praxis. I am specialized in psychosomatic medicine. Uh, I wrote a book about hypnosis and psychoanalysis and the way from the psychoanalysis before when Freud was working with hypnosis. I was very, very busy uh, with Freud, with his biography. And I teach also at the university, in Sigmund Freud University, uh, psychoanalysis and um, psychotherapy science. In this way, uh, the company from, from these movies, they try to contact a psychoanalytic with hypnosis experiences. And it is very difficult <laughs> because, uh, how do you know, hypnosis and psychoanalysis have a big, big separation. Uh, but I practiced hypnosis before when I was very busy with, with Freud, and then they invite me to, to help there with the history or how they can go with, with the hypnosis. It, it was more, more or less my way. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, how did you become interested in hypnosis in the first place? Ah, it is, I wanted 
I wanted to study psychoanalysis always, but you can imagine I was in, in my immigration, it was a time very difficult. And for me, it was not possible to make the psychoanalysis because it was very expensive. And I decided, okay, it is my way. I decided to begin with hypnosis. Hypnosis I found also very interesting. It's, it's other met methods, but very interesting. When I was a hypnosis therapist, I said, now I can do the psychoanalysis. And psychoanalysis was my task, but in this time when I came to Austria, it wasn't possible for me. And then I did my, my own psychoanalysis and it was very interesting. And it is interesting also in this story because I practice some parts that Freud practiced in the past time, and actually psychoanalysis. When I, I make a um, scientific study about the combination of both methods with the modern hypnosis that Freud didn't practice. And okay, and it is a, a way very, very interesting. Sure, I practice also only psychoanalysis too, when the training analyst coming to me, also at the university, I have two ways with hypnosis and psychoanalysis. Yeah, exactly. But I love when that happens when like, because of life circumstances, you were led in a different route, but then that route actually probably made you understand Freud a lot better because you went sort of the same route that he went and like could learn in a way that he learned as well, like the way he developed. Yes. Yes, only we can say it in this time when Freud practiced hypnosis, um, he had very very, uh, many difficulties with the patients uh, because sometimes some patients um, can go to hypnosis and sometimes it wasn't possible. For example, Mrs. Elizabeth said, doctor, I am not sleeping, I can't sleep. When he say sleep and go cheaper and cheaper, she said, it's not possible. And Freud thought, oh, it is a myth of interesting, complicated, but a lot of dependency of the patient. If the patient doesn't want, it's not happening anything. The other, other problem he has with hypnosis is that people, historic, historic patients, uh, go with hypnosis very faster and they give out the symptoms. But after many times, six months, and many months later, the patient get, got again the symptoms. And he said, this method is not good. This method is not exactly what we need to work with the patient because it is like a, a mask. You can have no problems, you don't have symptoms, everything seems to be perfect, but after a time you have again every symptoms. For this reason, uh, Freud decided to separate for, from hypnosis. But um, I can say that in this time, hypnosis 
uh, people didn't work to deep with this problem. People worked more with the symptom, okay, to, to overcome some situation. But interesting today for me is to see the psychoanalytic technique also in an hypnosis situation. It is very deep, very interesting. Uh, the transference, the counter-transference is for me more intense uh, normally. It is very, very interesting experience I make with this. It sounds like it. So he was saying like that the hypnosis only fixed the problem like temporarily or on the surface, but unless you get to the underlying root of the issue, it's just going to manifest in another way or in the same way later. Yes, this was before. No? This was in the time from Freud. Um, Freud was many, many times very frustrated because um, he, ha he had this feeling, I can do hypnosis sometimes, but sometimes it's not possible to do that. Mm -hmm. On this frustration, uh, make I think very good because um, it's the development of the psychoanalysis. When he didn't have this frustration, maybe he don't think more about psychoanalysis. The hypnosis is a history in the psychoanalysis. It's the past of the psychoanalysis or the mother of the psychoanalysis, and this path. Um, I think many colleagues forgot that uh, the hypnosis was the, the mother of the psychoanalysis. Actually, sure, there are different methods, but um, I, I found very interesting how, how was the way from Freud. Absolutely. Yeah, when I was in training, uh, not psychoanalytic training, but my degree in psychology, I had an internship working in a biofeedback laboratory. But the biofeedback uh, technician or psychologist, uh, he also practiced hypnosis. And I was thinking then, hmm, that's how Freud started. Maybe I should study hypnosis, but I never did. Mm. Yes. It's so it rare really nowadays. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. But we also see the same argument now. I mean, this is like 140 years ago, Freud realized this. And, you know, still it's the same thing. If someone comes in, like, say, for C CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, you know, you can give people advice all you want or suggestions, but unless they want to change, it has to come from them. You know, that's why you have to not do that so much because sometimes it might help for a little while, but ultimately they need to come to the change themselves. Yes, you, you are talking something very important. Uh, sure, the classical hypnosis has to do with suggestion. You give a suggestion to the patient and it occurs. Interesting is to see what is happening when people go hypnosis without suggestion. And when they are in trance, you begin with the psychoanalytic technique without suggestion. It is very important to, to, to say it in this point when you are working with both, because the, the critic from hypnosis is you are gi giving suggestion constantly, and it is a manipulation in the unconsciousness of the patient. Uh, 
I think, sure, because I am psychoanalytic, I, I am very conscious about that. I don't give suggestion. Everything is happening in uh, trance, but without suggestion. And I, I wait what um, come out something of the unconsciousness. That's so interesting. Yeah, because usually you think of like, say the person comes in with a conscious idea, I want to quit smoking or something. And then yeah. the hypnotist hypnotizes them and then puts that conscious suggestion that's coming from their ego in deeper, right? But you're saying you put them under hypnosis, so it kind of bypasses the ego and the sensor. So they're more able to get to the unconscious material themselves. Yes. yes. That's yes. amazing. I think it is very important because sure you can do a suggestion for stop smoking, for example, um, you can work with metaphor or suggestions, but um, in the combination from both methods, it's not the suggestion, metaphor, you know, metaphor is always important in, in all methods, but, uh, it's important to discover what is the functions, for example, why I am smoking. And is it for what thing, which emotion I cover with this? And when you are consciousness about that, this change automatically. Yeah, that's amazing. Have you written about this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wrote... I wrote a book about the combination from both methods and with many stories about different patients, big net um, with different patients and my experience, how, how was this process? And sure, when to understand more that, I was very busy with hypnosis and Freud because Freud began exactly also with hypnosis. That's wonderful. And then, of course, we got in touch. I got in touch with you because you were the consultant on the Freud Netflix show, which I'm currently obsessed with, <laughs> which all my <laughs> listeners will know because I keep talking about it. Um, and I love, I read an interview that you did uh, that was at the site for the Museum of the Moving Im Image in New York. And um, I love that you, you actually taught the character, the actor who was playing Freud, to do hypnosis, like how, like how to practice the techniques. And you said by the end of the show, you were convinced that he could actually do it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it is true. That's wonderful. How was it for you to consult on this show? Sorry? How was it for you to consult on the show? I, it was for me very interesting in, because... I had the opportunity to, to transmit what I know, what I learned, when I have the opportunity also to see how they can put it into practice. Yeah, it was a very great. Yes, it was a very nice experience for me to work directly with Freud, um, with the director Mar Marvin, Marvin Krem, uh, he thought it is very important in these movies that they have an experience directly with hypnosis. Because you can do something about hypnosis when you don't have any experience about that if you don't know 
how is the function, how you can do, what is happening in you, what is happening with your unconsciousness, how you can go in a hypnosis. Um, for Marvin was a very important point. And I was working with Robert Finster, Freud, and we need to, to show how Freud made hypnosis, how was in this time, how was the behavior, and how he can do that. This was a, it was a really a very amazing experience. It's a really amazing experience. Yeah, and I also love how in the interview I read that you gave um, how you, you said the same thing that I experienced is that all of my psychoanalytic colleagues were kind of like, where is the Freudian theory? And we're like taking it a little too seriously. Like, I don't know if Freud did that much cocaine or whatever, <laughs> but like, that's not <laughs> the point. Like, just let it be fun. And I talked to uh, one of Ben, one of the people that worked on the show. And he said that, um, you know, there was this empty part of Freud's life where Freud destroyed all his own papers and letters and everything. And so there's kind of this hole there in his history and they decided to invent this kind of fun story of what might have happened during that time. And I think that's great. It's fun. Yes, but um, I, I have to say the uh, Marvin and Robert, they was many years, I think, I don't know exactly how long, but I think they was very busy with a Freud biography. Uh, many think what we discuss uh, should, because I, I was busy with the Freud biography and I wrote this book, they needed for me some confirmations, for example. But I think they, they knew everything about that. I think they, they knew, they know actually a lot of things about psychoanalysis and about Freud. And the history with cocaine, we all, um, mostly literature said, okay, Freud used uh, cocaine for experiment with patients. It is a part of the history. Mm -hmm. But if you read the letters with fleas, fleas letters, uh, Fleece and, and Freud, they were very good friends. And um, how you can talk with your best friends and intimacy, something that anyone have to know, your patient please know, but your best friend know that. And in this time, they wrote everything. And in these letters, you can see what is happening about cocaine. When, when Freud said, oh, I hurt anymore, I need to take cocaine. And everything that you can see in the history. Uh, interesting was in, in, in these letters between Freud and Fleas, Freud never thought that these letters will be publicated someday, okay? When Fleas died, his wife decided to sell these letters. And Freud said, okay, I have to buy these letters because it's not possible that that have to go to be open for all people. And he said, all people, you have to buy that for me. But it, it was not possible because um, I, I don't remember exactly. I think the... 
Israel society, I am not sure. They both did letters. For Freud, it was very difficult because he said, it's my intimacy, what yeah, all people will know that. But in the same time, I find very interesting because mostly for us, see to, in Freud, he was a genie. No discussion about, about that. But he was also a person. And in these movies, you can see Freud. He is a person. He has his abilities. And in something, he was a person like you and me. And that is what I, I love in these movies. <laughs> Absolutely. And like you said, they really definitely knew their theory because they did weave it in and they great did great like historical moments and like photographs that we all love and like merged uh, the, the actor into the Freud's photograph. And, you know, there was a lot of accurate details in it. So they definitely know what they're doing and they definitely love Freud. Someone else I, I know, an analyst I know said that they didn't want to watch it because they thought they were like, putting Freud down or making fun of Freud. I was like, no, they clearly love Freud or else why would they have made this and, and studied him yes. so thoroughly? Yes, uh, um, the path is, diagnosis is a very important part of Freud. Uh, uh, other part that's very important is uh, when Freud come back from France, he, he learned hypnosis with charcoal. Uh, you know, the salpetry had in this time, 3,000 historical patients. This was a uh, amazing situation. The people in this time had 3,000 patients when you have to practice your hypnosis on to help patients. When Freud was there, Freud was very interested, uh, enthusiastic with hypnosis. And he came back to Vienna. And in Vienna, all people in the hospital, the colleagues, the medicals, they think it is for crazy what he is doing. And that you can see in, in these movies when Maynard, the professor of the university, Maynard and Freud, they have a lot of problems because hypnosis. In this moment, when Freud began to talk about hypnosis, this was for Maynard a prohibited topic. It's not possible that you are talking about that. It's not possible. It doesn't exist. And the colleagues of Freud have the same problem. It means it was very difficult for him to be in the hospital with an innovative idea, innovative method, and people didn't understand that. Yeah, and he, the way they really showed the way that he stood up to the establishment and kept practicing what he believed in and what he saw was working well for his patients, which yeah. is what psychoanalysts are still facing, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. So true. thank you, Freud. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, we we see also in the um, his uh, his work. He worked with Broya. Uh, you can see Broya was most working with nurses. And with this history with Anna O, 
Breuer make a psychoanalysis in hypnosis. And this path, when Freud takes the Anna O, he practiced the same. Is I mean, Freud was working without knowing in this time with hypnosis and psychoanalysis together. But after he, he abandoned hypnosis and work only with psychoanalysis. It's, it's very, very interesting, this, this point, and you can see that also a part in, this, in these movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now you brought them back together again. Yes. I like that. I'm trying to kind of heal these splits in psychoanalysis as well. It's like, it's great to have different theories and debates, but at the end of the day, we're all like, we're all working on the same side, you know? <laughs> so like, yeah, I, yeah. I wish there wasn't so much infighting and we could work more on like standing up to the main arts, you know, in the, the established medical field that, that doesn't find psychoanalysis so useful. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I think I, I may not talk about many things now, but what, what I can say, it, maybe you know, maybe Marvin tell you, is come a uh, second episode. And the deal is in Guattari? Yes, it will come in, I think, it will be more psychoanalysis. I think, I, I, I don't know many things, I don't know if I can tell something, but it, is, it will be very interesting also for me, because uh, I think it is a, some part of the history and now come a little more psychoanalysis. When I am very uh, enthusiastic and curious to know what will be that. Yeah, I look forward yeah. to it. Yes. yes. So what's it like to be at Freud University? Oh. <laughs> the, the Freud University, you, you know something about the Freud University? No, and I've never been to Vienna, and I've been to London so many times, but I refuse to go to the Freud Museum there until I go to his real office in Vienna. Okay, in Vienna, um, there are the Freud Museum also in Vienna, where was living Freud. It is very interesting to see. Actually, it's in a renovation. I think next year or the last end of the year will be open, I don't know exactly. Um, there are three organizations the works work with psychoanalysis. The Vienna Psychoanalytic Association, the Vereinigung, and the Sigmund Freud University. The Sigmund Freud University began with a project um, they thought all psycho psychotherapists have to take an academic degree. And it began for psychotherapists that then wanted to have an academic degree. And in this position, the university began with different methods. I, you can learn in, in Sequence French University psychotherapic science, psychotherapy science, but also different methods in this 
in the psychotherapy science, you have to, to choose which method do you want to learn. And there are different methods there. And actually, I think the stronger is the psychoanalysis. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's so great. And that's amazing too. The, there's a Vienna Psychoanalytic Society. That's the one, of course, that Freud started, the first one. Yes, yes. You you have to come to Vienna. I know. To, to I have to. That's what I actually, I've actually decided from this quarantine period that when we can move around again, that's going to be my first pilgrimaging and to take the train down. Okay, let's go. <laughs> okay, we can organize something here. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, because I, I can't wait any longer. We, I need to just go. Yes, yes. Uh, but when, we, when you know, we can try to plan something. Maybe you, you want to give some conference here or at the university. Or, I don't know, I have to ask. Uh, or in front museum or I don't know, maybe we can do something. That would be amazing. I would love to bring everybody there. Yes. Pilgrimage yes. to the source. Yeah. <laughs> what are you working on now? Um, I am trying actually to... I am busy actually with transference and counter-transference, but specific about the sexual transference. Mm -hmm. Because I think we talk a lot of about uh, sexuality, but this transference, my experiences with these students is a little taboo to talk exactly what is happening in your counter transference and actually I am I am busy with this maybe it will be my next publication I hope um, but now we begin to next next week with the next projects for the front front film uh, I, I I may not say it what what will be will be but uh, actually I am busy with this. <laughs> With this, yes. Wow, exciting. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> yes. But I think that's a very good point. And something I noticed in training as well is that the only thing they talk about, about uh, sexual transference and countertransference is like no boundary violations. And that's it. Yes. Like, no boundary violations. But like it doesn't give the people learning time to explore, a place to explore, like what might be coming up for them because stuff does come up. And so it's kind of like, like you said, taboo or just cut off or put to the side. It's like, nope, can't, can't do a boundary violation. It's like, yeah, but you can talk about, if people don't talk about what's going on inside of them, then that's how they end up acting out. So we need to talk about it so, so that boundary violations yes. don't actually happen. Yes. Um, I teach at the university uh, sexuality, uh, sexual disorder, and what is this process, what is happening in people, biologic and psychologic, uh, during the sexuality. And sure, it is my topic because I teach at the university about that, but uh, I, I know from the supervisions and training analy analysts that the, the new colleagues, he, 
has problem with this. And I think it is a project. I hoped it will it will be, but the I am busy with this actually. Yeah, it's important. And that's another good thing about a good thing to point out about psychoanalysis and Freud is is you know Freud said that every kind of pathway that sexuality takes is equally valid and it shouldn't really be pathologized. So he was like ahead of his times with that, and I really think that's a um, a benefit of psychoanalysis today too, is to work with all the different ways that sexuality can form and gender can form and identity in general. Yes. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. This movie moved very a lot of emotions and situation for people. Uh, many colleagues wrote me; they are very disappointed for these movies because they was waiting more exactly for its biography or more about psychoanalysis, and it is not. But other people are very enthusiastic, amazing experience. It's very good to see Freud, this other um, point of view. And I think this and this is very important. <laughs> this was a, a very ama amazing experience. Exactly. And actually, you know, I mean, they, they have shows with Freud that have shown parts of his biography and stuff like this gen genius of the modern world and these kinds of series that are also on Netflix. But that's only going to attract like a certain section of people. But this show is like it has kind of something for everyone where I feel like it has such a much larger outreach. And I really like doing that. Like I like talking about art or things that a lot of people like that are not psychoanalysis. And then I kind of throw psychoanalytic theory in there so that they're hearing theory without having to like go to a psychoanalytic conference because a lot of people are not going to do that. So this way they've yeah. woven in these ideas of Freud and this like exciting detective mystery, occult mystery. And that way a lot more people are going to watch it and kind of hear some of the ideas and theories that he had. So I think that's great. Yes, yes. You can see Freud like a human, a person, normal person. And in, in his biography, you can feel a, more about that. But here you can see that, I think. I, I find it is interesting. Uh, some colleagues uh, wrote me and say it is a damage for Freud. And I say, I don't think so, because... Uh, Freud is not a god. Freud is, okay, we learned a lot from him. Whatever, many things what he do, the monthly thing in the psychoanalysis, his theories, his work is amazing. But we forgot to see him like a normal person too. He was too. Exactly. And he had such a status that we're all still talking about him a hundred something years later. <laughs> and also, yes, yes, he, yes he can't, because... you can't hurt Freud. He, he would have been, I mean, he's been through the ringer already. People have tried to discount him and he perseveres. So, Sure. People have to, to say or to, to, to think what they want, but the reality may be something different. And, I think how people say it from him, good or bad, don't change everything what he did. It is the most important. Exactly. I think. 
And his ideas are so part of Western culture now that people don't even realize many things they just think and say are actually Freud's ideas. So mm -hmm. <laughs> he's infiltrated culture. He's everywhere. <laughs> well, great. It was so much fun talking to you. It Thank was you. my pleasure. Thank you. And I hope to see you in Vienna. Son. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Rendering Unconscious. You've just heard a discussion with Dr. Juan Jose Rios. For more, please visit the text accompanying this episode for links, including to his book on psychoanalytic hypnotherapy. Rendering Unconscious is also a book. Rendering Unconscious, Psychoanalytic Perspectives, Politics and Poetry, available from Trapart Books, 2019. Please visit our publisher's website, www.trapart.net. You can support the podcast by visiting our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash v-a-n-e-s-s-a two three c-a-r-l your support is greatly appreciated for more information you can visit my website drvanessasinclair.net or the podcast website renderingunconscious.org